Welcome to Cornerstone, a podcast by Rebuild Fellowship. On today's episode, Pastor Chuck will begin a new message, which is titled Ministers of Reconciliation. This message continues the work he started in his previous Strength to Love message and is also a part of the bigger Bear Fruit series. The text for this message will continue to be found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 through 21. So if you have your Bibles, please turn there right now as we join in with Pastor Chuck. We are in a series. We're in a series called Bear Fruit. It's going on throughout the entire year. And in Matthew 3, uh, verse 8 tells us to bear fruit and keep it with repentance. And as we're doing this, the, we're going to learn about the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, we want to be, we wanna be uh, um, um, believers who are striving, truly striving to make Jesus glorious here in the earth. So much darkness around us, so much hopelessness around us, so much unbelief around us, so much doubt around us, so much lossless around us. There's so much death and despair that is around us. We want to be light in the midst of darkness. If you've been going through your Bible reading plan, Mark tells us, the Lord Jesus tells us that we should be the salt of the earth. He, he, he lets us know we, we should be salty. Salty not in a, a pessimistic, negative, petty way. We should be salty in a way that is optimistic, that is God-glorifying, and that it is pushing back darkness in our world. So, family, that's what we're going to do. We started out, uh, first of all, looking at that uh, bearing fruit and keeping with repentance. And now we have looked, starting on last week, we didn't get a finish, so we're going to enter in part two this week, what it looks like to bear fruit in keeping with the ministry of reconciliation. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to get your Bibles out right now. If you're old school and you got your, as I always say, your tree Bibles, your Bibles that you can actually turn the page and you can hear noise as you're turning it. Or if you're one of the cool kids and you got your e-Bible, your electronic Bible, would you either turn there or would you click and scroll to 2 Corinthians chapter 5? 2 Corinthians chapter 5. You may also want to go ahead on and take notes. Uh, I think it will be extremely helpful as well as we continue to grow, um, become more spiritually mature. So it'd be great to take notes. There were two points that I gave us on last week. I'll recap those two points this morning and I'll give us the final two points that we have from our message to understand from the title that we had on last week was strength to love. The strength to love. As we look at reconciliation, we're looking for the strength to love. And so we want to make sure that we, family, we're operating in God's strength and releasing his love here in the earth, here in our marriages, here in our, our, our relationships with our siblings or with our parents, here uh, in, in the workplace, here uh, with our neighbors, here as we're going, uh, 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 meeting with folks, uh, um, whether it's um, at the mall or whether you're going to the bank or whether you're going to uh, wherever the Lord calls you to go, I want us to continue to remain uh, with the Lord's strength, with his grace to be able to love uh, others as he has loved us and that we are learning how to love ourselves with. And so we looked at that from Dr. King's book called Strength to Love. And what we learned from that is that the Lord's church operating in his love, empowered by his word, led by in partnership with his spirit, has all that it needs to transform an individual that can transform a family, that can transform a community, that can transform a nation, that can transform the entire world when we're operating with God's strength and in his love. 
Dr. King's book uh, is one of the um, 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 authors, uh, not authors, one of the uh, analysis of his book uh, stated, it said this book reflects his deep understanding of the need of agape. And we'll talk about agape in, except, in a second. It's a love that is concerned with going the extra mile to ensure the well-being of others. Do you hear that? It's a love that goes the extra mile to ensure the well-being of others. Dr. King believed in a better world, and so do I, family. But in order to obtain his vision, we must face, first face our fears and then master these fears through courage, love, and faith. He preached of courage that all Christians should show in their nonviolent stand against segregation, although he did believe that all people could possess this strength of courage, for we are all made in the image of God. This courage is the strength to hope for better days, the strength to have faith in the Lord, and most of all, the strength to love all of God's children, no matter their skin color. Family, I want us to remain um, in God's grace, which is his divine power, which gives us the strength to be able to love as he has called us to love here on earth. So the wisdom provided, the instructions given, and the heart motivation of this book flows out of the spirit and teachings that Dr. King learned from God's holy word, taught to him by the Holy Spirit. And today, we will continue using this resource to help us understand just how to be light and darkness, love in the face of hate, good in the face of evil, and hope in the face of despair. Now, I want to make something clear. The primary source for our time here today is the Word of God, God's holy word, his, his precious book and testament of himself. Dr. King's book is going to serve as a supplement to help us understand this a bit better, right? So I want you to know God's book is primary. This is what we lean into officially. This is our foundation. This is our core. This is what we get our strength of, God's holy word. But what Dr. King learned from that we're also going to uh, um, gain as use as a resource to help us understand a bit more how we as disciples of Jesus Christ continue to remain with the strength of love in the midst of everything we have faced at minimum over the last 12 months. Dr. King was saying in this book, most people and Christians in particular are thermometers that record or register the temperature of majority opinion. Not thermostats that transform and regulate the temperature of society. He says in this book that most people, Christians in particular, all we are are thermometers. We're just able to read and record and register the temperature of society. But he said we should be thermostats. We should be able to ones who are able to change the temperature and transform and regulate the temperature of society. Family, in other words, we're called to be transformers. Seeking to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, what the Apostle Paul learned from the Holy Spirit uh, uh, in Romans chapter 12, family, to present yourself. He says, brother, I beseech you by the mercies of God that you present yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your true and proper, excuse me, I can't even talk again this morning, which is your true and proper worship. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove what is that good, perfect, and acceptable will of God. We are called to be transformers by the renewing of the mind and then reproducing that in the life of someone else to make this world a better place. 
We say it like this at Rebuild. As you heard me say earlier, we're a love movement. And love should not just be our identity. It should also be our ministry. And so one way we accomplish this is by putting forth a display of God's glory here in the earth as a church made of people from various walks of life, multi in its ethnicities, generations, and cultures, but singular in its faith and mission. Because there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all as the Apostle Paul recorded for us to the Ephesians church in chapter 4. He calls us to oneness. oneness. Jesus prayed for us in John chapter 17. Father, make them one as you and I are one. We're multi in our ethnicities. Praise God. We are multi in our generations. Praise God. We are multi in our cultures here at Rebuild. Praise God. But we are singular in our faith. To God be all the glory. We are singular in our faith on one accord. And there is true power in unity when we're all on the same page with the Lord Jesus, when we're all focused and, and, and on the set on the same goal, the same mission to seek and save the lost, there was power in unity. But many, many centuries before Dr. King would put on display how to stand in and stand for Christ, we learn of another letter that talks about the strength of love that the Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians, uh, actually 1st and 2nd Corinthians, but we're going to focus on 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 today, and that helps us to be a witness, a true witness of the Lord Jesus Christ in a, a church that's going to be a true witness that is rooted in his teachings and abiding in his spirit. So that's what we're striving for today. So here's a question that I posed, a question that I posed in light of that. With all that we faced and experienced over the last 12, now maybe even 13, 14 months alone, do we still have the strength to love? One, do we still have the strength to love Jesus? And then two, do we have the strength to love one another? Do we still have the strength to love? I mean, I, all of us have asked questions, Jesus, why? In some way, shape, or form, why fill in the blank after that? Why do you still have the strength to love your God? The one who has never failed you, the one who has never left you. His name is Emmanuel, God with us. He says he never leaves or forsakes us, nor does his seed have to beg for bread. He's always been a protector, always been a provider. Do you still have the strength to love him first and foremost? He said, love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. You know the verse. And then he said, the second commandment is like unto the first, that you should love your neighbor as you love yourself. Do you still have the strength? To love Jesus the way that we are called to love him. Do you still have that desire to love him and, and care for him the way he loves and cares for you? So family, that question I just posed to you, if you answered yes, that we will be a church in Christ that is a love movement in Durham to the very ends of the world. And if you're watching and you're from a, another a church body here, God bless you. I want you, I want to pose this question to you as well. With you in your church, would you be a member of that church that strives to be a love movement in your city, in your town, and the surrounding communities and to the ends of the world? Would you be that true witness? Would you continue to have that strength to love? If you answer yes, the question becomes how? 
And so we looked at four different ways based on the context of this particular subject matter, which is the ministry of reconciliation, bearing fruit and keeping with the ministry of reconciliation. How do we do this? The Lord gave me to give to you four takeaways that helps us to know how. Helps us to know how. The first thing that we learned was his message is our message. We're gonna see that in a moment. The second thing that we learned is his method is our method. The third thing that we're going to learn today, we're going to start from is his ministry is our ministry. And the fourth thing that we're going to learn today is his mission is our mission. So here's the Apostle Paul. Let me give you a quick recap. The Apostle Paul is writing to the Corinthian church and everything that was going on in the Corinthian church was absolutely horrible, disgusting, displeasing to God. Uh, people were at odds with one another, so much so that the saints of God were filing lawsuits against another one, uh, one another. There was a lot of enmity, a lot of animosity, a lot of hatred towards one another where they were filing lawsuits against one another. There were things that were happening such as sexual immorality in all of its forms. Sexual immorality was happening in all of its forms, so much even so to the degree of incest. Incest was happening. There was a total disregard for the holy reverence of his word and his body known as the church. People were just outright being disrespectful to the Lord. So the Apostle Paul, operating in his calling, with the authority as an apostle that the Lord gave me, he came to set order. And in his, in his word, he said that in the letter that he wrote to them, he declared it to be a painful visit. Family, I just want to take this moment to tell you as a pastor, sometimes I have to have painful conversations. It's not an easy thing to do. And I'm not doing this to belittle or demean like the Apostle Paul was doing, but we have to remember that we serve a holy and just and righteous God and that he is terrible, terrible in a way that says he is the all-powerful one and he's not to be played with, he's not to be disrespected, he is to be honored and, and revered as such and reverenced as such. That doesn't mean that we don't have struggles on this walk. I'm not speaking to the ones that may be struggling in your faith or struggling with, I'm not saying, I'm talking about the ones who have turned over and willfully began to disobey God while at the same time professing yourself to be a Christian. Those two things do not go together. And if I'm going to be the shepherd that the Lord has called me to be, sometimes I have to have very difficult and hard, painful conversations with you. And it's not that I'm trying to, to belittle you or demone you. I'm trying to keep you safe in the loving arms of Jesus. The Apostle Paul will talk about later on, it's a, it's a terrible thing to be turned over into the hands of the Lord. So what I'm saying to you, family, is what the Apostle Paul is saying that sometimes for us to be the church, it, 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 it is wise for us to listen what God gives to your leader. And that if he would say it later on in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, he says, listen, if that man 
or leader is following Christ, then you should follow them as well. That's not saying that that leader is perfect. Hear me clearly. I am in no way, shape or form perfect. But what I am saying is if you see me with a pursuit for the Lord Jesus and I'm trying to do my best to honor and glorify him, then you have someone that you are able to follow. A man with integrity, a leader with integrity, uh, somebody who values the spirit that's not perfect, but is willing to obey Christ. That's what I'm talking about. Sometimes, family, that's just the reality of trying to be a body of believers. It's very, very difficult. Because we're in this, we're in this flesh, and this flesh wants what it wants. So what the Apostle Paul is going to help us do is to learn how to live by the Spirit under the authority of God's holy word. Holiness, family, is still right. Holiness is still right. So he writes this hard letter to him. And out of that, what ends up happening is what seemed like should be a reconciliation or a resetting or a refreshing, if you will, a back coming back together and repositioning back in Christ, it ends up getting worse. So much worse to the point where they begin to reject the apostle and they start listening to other leaders, false prophets, and receiving and taking in false doctrine. They didn't like the appearance of the Apostle Paul because he was one who labored, who, who had a job. He was bivocational. He, he, he worked and, and, and he wasn't the most handsomest looking man. And, and, and so therefore, here come these other taller, more handsome, more, uh, more seem to be more polished pastors, uh, uh, so to speak. And they're coming in and they're teaching a gospel that is out of step with the true gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And people are starting to gravitate to it. They have what the Bible says is itching ears. And because they don't, wanna, they don't want to obey not the Apostle Paul, because they don't want to obey the, the, the word of God. And then because the, 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 uh, um, the position that the Lord gave the Apostle Paul in his church, they don't want to obey God's word. So that means sure they ain't going to obey the Apostle Paul. So what ends up happening? These people begin to fall away from the faith. And the Apostle Paul is so loving, he writes another letter. He goes on another visit. And he wants to let them know, listen, this, no, 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 there can't be no break in relationship with us. No, 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 I did that in love. Uh, the Bible says the Lord whom he loves, he disciplines. So the apostle Paul, he said, no, no, I love you. That was, that was love then, this is love now, but we got to work on this relationship. We got to work because I know what God has done for me, how he has reconciled me back to him. It's time for us to come back together. We can't stay apart. We can't stay at odds. And so family, that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at how do we bear fruit in keeping with the ministry of reconciliation? How do we muster up and keep that strength to love that to continue to go at someone when they have turned away from you, to continue to go at someone with love when they have walked away from you, to continue to go at someone with love when it appears that everything seems to be that the relationship is absolutely over. Now, I want, to be, I want to be clear about some things. I'm generally speaking, right, because I know there's some situations where those relationships have to be over. So we can get down to the low-level details and to discuss those, but that's not what we're speaking about right now. I want to specifically talk about how reconciliation should look in the church, in the church amongst believers, amongst believers. And that's where we'll stop and pause for today. Thank you for taking your time with us today. If you would like to learn more about our church or have us pray for you in any way, 
you can find us at www.rebuildchurch.com. That is www.rebuildchurch.com. Our church meets in Durham, North Carolina, and if you're looking for a church to attend, we'd love to have you join us. We meet weekly at 10 a.m. on Sunday, and you can find more details about what to expect and where we are on our website. You can also find our full services on our YouTube channel. Please join us for our next episode as Pastor Chuck continues his Ministers of Reconciliation message. Thank you.